Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG, and we're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com as well. To inherit the kingdom of God, which is the goal that all humans should have, especially as they begin to understand God's plan more, but to inherit that kingdom, it requires a massive change. It means literally becoming a spirit being. Flesh and blood simply cannot inherit the kingdom of God. God is spirit. He's not physical like we are. And to inherit the kingdom of God and to help rule with Christ, we too have to change and be transformed into an actual spirit God being. And this is something that people don't talk about very often, and yet it's very clearly laid out in the Bible. Let's notice a few passages that tell us this very specifically the change that has to occur for mankind to ultimately be in the kingdom of God. They have to become different. And we see this here in 1 Corinthians 15. Let's notice this in 1 Corinthians 15, and we'll look at verses 50 through 53. It says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In other words, some people will be alive at Christ's return, and they'll have qualified to be in the kingdom of God, and so they won't have to uh, go through an extended period where they're dead. They'll be able to be changed. Verse 52 says, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. Incorruptible. Now, we just read there in verse 50 that corruption will inherit incorruption, so they'll be raised incorruptible. They'll be resurrected as spirit beings, God beings. It says in verse 52 there, and we shall be changed. This change has to occur. Verse 53 says, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. See, this isn't just a feeling or a sentiment or something like that in the physical realm. This is actually transforming, being transformed from physical, from flesh and blood, to spirit. Now, only God has the power to do that. Christ has the power to resurrect and to change the physical to the spiritual. And this is a, I mean, This is the biggest change that could happen. This is something that really should just boggle our minds in a way. We should understand it, but I mean, the reality of it and thinking about it, it should just be overwhelming. And we need to think about it more. The reality of this, this is our hope. There isn't any hope that lasts in the physical realm. The hope that lasts is in the spirit realm. It's in being a God being and no longer being human. Now, as noted there in verse 51, Paul is discussing a mystery, right? This, this, these words that we just read, 
It's a mystery to this world. The world does not understand the kingdom of God, and they don't understand the need to be resurrected into that kingdom because people have grown up hearing a variety of ideas about the afterlife and accepting them in most cases, or at least, you know, thinking that it's somewhat within the realm of what they've heard. And most don't really take time to get into these scriptures and say, okay, well, what, what's being talked about here? I mean, can this be so? <laughs> can this be true? Are we going to become God beings? Is that what Paul's talking about here? Well, it is. And we'll see more about that as we go. And we see here also in verse 52, this first resurrection will occur at the last trump. Now, this is the seventh trumpet that sounds to signal Christ's return. And it also signals the establishment of the kingdom of God on this earth. And we read about this in Revelation 11. Revelation 11 and verse 15. It says, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. See, a massive change is coming with the return of Christ. The kingdoms of this world, the kingdoms that exist today, they're about to be the kingdoms of God. He's going to take them over. Christ will rule. He will rule. And today, Satan is the God of this world. You can read about that in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4. Again, something that isn't discussed very often. But that's what the Bible says. But that change is coming, where the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he's going to reign. He's going to reign, and he's going to have people that have been converted, that have developed the character of God, that have used God's Holy Spirit. They're going to be changed. They're going to go through this change from corruptible to incorruptible. They're going to go from physical to spiritual. And they're going to reign with Christ as well in the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. There has to be a change. And of course, Christ will return also to cut short man's total annihilation of himself. And he talked about that in Matthew 24 in the Olivet Prophecy. And he said, you know, if he didn't return and cut it short, there would be no flesh saved alive. And when you look at weapons and the proliferation of nuclear weapons and chemical weapons and biological weapons, you know that's very possible. That's very possible in the time in which we live. And a man has not developed a weapon yet that he hasn't used. So anything that he really put time and effort into and made effective, he's used it. And there are some horrific weapons out there. So Christ is going to have to stop that. He's going to have to change the way that man thinks and acts, and he's going to do it. He's going to change. He's going to bring the kingdom of God to this earth, and the kingdom of God will rule over this earth. The earth, the humans, aren't in the kingdom of God. Only God beings are in the kingdom of God. Because as we read there in 1 Corinthians 15, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. But after Christ returns, the kingdom of God will rule over the humans that are on this earth. And this will be 
this return of Christ, that time period, that will be the time when God's first fruits will be resurrected and be given their reward. They'll be given a reward that'll just boggle the mind and they'll inherit the kingdom of God, but they'll do so as God beings. Notice this passage in 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 through 17, talking about the return of Christ. It says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. The dead in Christ, meaning people that have been called by God the Father, they were converted, they developed the character of God, they had God's Holy Spirit, they're going to be resurrected. That's Abraham, that's Moses, that's King David. You can go down the list. Old Testament and New Testament. Those people that have prepared for the kingdom of God, they're going to be resurrected. They shall rise first. That's the first resurrection. Verse 17 says, Then we which are alive, so those that are also in the process of conversion, but are still alive at Christ's return, It says, and remain shall be caught up together with them, with Christ and with the other resurrected firstfruits. In the clouds, it says, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, this isn't talking about the rapture, which is a false idea. This is talking about that first resurrection. Christ returns, and the dead in Christ rise first. Those that are alive then are transformed and meet Christ in the air. An amazing process to think about or to try to wrap our minds around. And then what? Well, come back to this earth and rule with Christ. Rule this earth. It's amazing. This is, this is what God has in store for his first fruits. And ultimately for all mankind, that they be transformed from physical to spiritual. That human body goes away, and what replaces it is the spirit body, a God body. But all that character that was developed, that remains. That's the value of this life is the character development, God's character. The dead in Christ are all those first fruits who died in the faith, having not yet received the promises. Hebrews 11 verse 13 points that out. All those promises that were made of eternal life, the kingdom of God, those things have not been inherited yet because Christ hasn't returned and that first resurrection hasn't happened yet, but it will. Those promises are sure. Now, Christ explained very clearly the change from mortal to immortal. He taught about this and he explained it very thoroughly. And let's see what he said, and let's see if we can really wrap our minds around this and believe him. John 3, verses 3 through 8. Jesus here talking to Nicodemus. It says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so people know that passage, and they'll sometimes assume that born again just means something in this physical life, you know, accepting Christ. But again, we're putting all these scriptures together. That's not what the Bible says. And Christ goes on to explain what he means by being born again. Nicodemus asks this vital question in verse 4. Nicodemus says unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Fair question. 
that's an excellent question. But he was thinking physically. Christ is talking about a spiritual birth. Verse 5 says, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And then he clarifies this very specifically. Verse 6, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Flesh and blood, remember, it cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And that which is born of flesh is flesh. If you are flesh right now, <laughs> then, then that's what you are. You're flesh, just like me. But when we're born of spirit, then we're going to be spirit. We're going to be God beings at that time. Verse 7 says, Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. Christ speaking here. And then he explains what it's like to be spirit. The wind blows where it lists, and you hear the sound thereof, but you can't tell whence it comes and where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So we understand wind. You know, we hear it. We can see it acting on things. We know motion and moving maybe something that's, that's um, a tree branch or something. But we can't see it. We can't see it. We can see maybe what it affects, but we can't see the wind. And he's just making the point here. It's the Spirit's similar right? We can't see it with our physical eyes, but it exists. It does exist, and it exists, and it's more real than the physical realm, because the physical realm is corruptible, and it fades away, but the spirit realm does not. The spirit realm does not. Christ is clearly talking about being resurrected or changed, if still alive, Christ's return from mortal to immortal, There has to be a change from physical composition to spiritual composition. There has to be. That's what we're all longing for. (laughs) We're longing for that. Even people that don't know God's plan, there is a longing for something better, isn't there? There really is. And remember, Paul taught there in 1 Corinthians 15 that this truth about becoming a God being, becoming spirit, It's a mystery. It's a mystery. The world is just so confused about it. They've heard the term born again, and they've heard some things, but it's all sort of convoluted in their mind, and Satan's worked to make it that way. He deceives the whole world, right? Revelation talks about that. He deceives the whole world, and he doesn't want people to understand God's truth. And so he's done a... An excellent job, I guess, if you want to look at it that way, of confusing people. A despicable and a deplorable act. Um, But he's done it effectively. But when God opens up a person's mind to this truth, it's very plain. It really is that we do have to change and be resurrected. Or if we're still alive at Christ's return, be changed from physical to spiritual. That has to happen. Or we can't inherit the kingdom of God. Notice this in the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. It's a free course at thetrumpet.com. And if you don't have it, please sign up for it. It's an excellent course, and uh, you'll really enjoy it and learn a lot from it. But it says, At the second coming of Jesus Christ, all the dead in Christ will be raised with new spirit bodies. Those Christians still alive at his return will be instantly changed into the same kind of spirit bodies bodies which will then be in the kingdom or the family of God 
Remember what Christ said, that which is born of spirit is spirit. We'll be born of spirit at that point, and we'll be spirit. The quote continues and says, Our present flesh is corruptible, subject to death and decay. But spirit beings are eternally new, immortal, incorruptible, never subject to death or decay. I mean, it's so exciting to think about that, especially as we get older, you know, and the body does decay and it does, uh, it does weaken. We need a new spirit body. We need to be gods. And that's what God has in store for us. I mean, people have a real longing to live forever. They really do. They want to live forever. They want their loved ones to live forever. And even in society, if you look around, you see a lot of attempts to preserve youth and preserve energy and vitality and and the appearance, at least, of that. You know, people get surgeries sometimes or they they, um, paint themselves up to try to look younger, dye hair, those types of things. People are really trying to maintain this youth, this life, and yet... The focus there is all on the physical, but God wants our focus on the spiritual. We can't keep this physical life forever. We just can't because it's corruptible, but we're going to inherit incorruption. We're going to put on incorruption. We're going to become spirit beings, God beings. Again, as God calls us and opens our minds and we receive God's spirit at baptism and the laying on of hands and begin to develop the character of God. He brings us along and eventually brings us into his kingdom as God beings. That's where the hope is. That's where the excitement is. The excitement is not in trying to preserve this physical life and trying to stay young forever. It just can't happen. And it becomes quite hopeless and um, sad, really, when people put all their hope in that. The hope is in this future. This is where the real hope is. Let's notice something else about the uh, resurrection. Here, this is Matthew 22, verses 31 through 32. Christ speaking here. Matthew 22, verses 31 through 32. He, He says, But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, so keep in mind, he's talking about the resurrection of the dead. Verse 32, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac. And the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. See, Christ is saying that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will be resurrected. They will live again. God will resurrect them. He's the God of the living, not of the dead, of the living. Now, some people might confuse that. The correspondence course says this text that we just read there is often twisted and perverted in an attempt to prove that Abraham is not dead, that he went to heaven when he died. Just the diametric opposite of what Jesus used this illustration to point out. God is the God of the living, not the dead. God sometimes speaks of those things which are to be as though they have already happened. You can read that in Romans 4 and verse 17. Jesus was speaking of their future resurrection to immortal life. For he plainly said, in context, as touching the resurrection of the dead. That's where the hope is. See, that's what Christ was trying to get people to focus on. Look, (laughs) there's a resurrection coming. Flesh and blood, it cannot inherit the kingdom of God. 
we have to be changed. God has to change us from physical to spiritual. That's where the hope is. And we can see that why Abraham and his children through Christ, those that are called and, and uh, have God's spirit after baptism, they are part of that spiritual Israel. You can see why uh, they have not as yet inherited the promises. They can't inherit them yet because Christ hasn't returned. He has to return and resurrect those that are dead in Christ and change those who are alive and ready for birth into his kingdom, change them in the twinkling of an eye into spirit. We simply cannot come into our eternal inheritance until we receive eternal life. And this, as Paul explained, and as we've looked at, will happen at the resurrection from the dead. You know, it's so exciting to see that, to see that, to understand that, to know where the hope is. We all need hope. The hope is in that resurrection, not in this physical life. Although this physical life is preparatory for that. So there's a lot of exciting things to do in this life too, but it's all in preparation to be born as a spirit being, a God being into the very kingdom and family of God. That's incredible hope. If you'd like to learn more about that, you can request our free book, The Incredible Human Potential. It's at thetrumpet.com. Also sign up for the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live by Every Word. Thanks for spending some of your time with me. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.